this is a lady that grew up without a house. Like what we had was a mud house in Africa. And so I had to, you know, step on the mud myself with my brothers and all that to build that little mud house that we lived in with my father and my mom. So I grew up in an environment where we never really had a, a good house to call our own. So I liked that and I was really willing to work hard enough and get something like that for myself, for my family, and even for the rest of the people out there that might need something similar. Welcome to the Aid to Assets podcast, the ultimate podcast for aspiring real estate investors. I'm your host, Tiffany Watson. Join me as we discuss real estate investing for nine to fivers. We'll talk about everything from money mindsets and property ownership and different strategies you can use to invest in real estate. I want to empower investors, especially those of us who are working full time, who want to navigate the world of real estate, uncover the secrets to building wealth, generate passive income to achieve financial freedom. Equip yourself with resources from experts, practical tips, and step-by-step guides on how to kickstart your real estate journey. We'll also hear from nine to fivers who started to build their own portfolios, what they did and how they did it, so you can do it too. Tune in and transform your main job into your biggest silent investor in your real estate investment business. This is your aid to assets. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Aid to Assets podcast, where we help nine to fivers start and scale their real estate portfolios by introducing you to either the people that have already done it themselves or the people you need to know to have a successful real estate investing team. So I am so excited for my guest today. Coach Lisa, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Glad to be here with you, Tiffany. How are you? I am doing fabulous. Thank you. Why don't you start off by introducing yourself, telling people who you are and how you got into real estate? Yes, definitely. I would love to do that. I mean, I'm already excited to just be here with you sharing this moment. Thank you for the opportunity. And for everyone out there listening, thank you for tuning in. Honestly, there's a lot to say, but just in short, I'm Coach Lisa Prudy, and I am a certified life coach. But in my journey as a life coach and also as an entrepreneur in the field of language, because I have a master's degree from New York University where I learned translation studies and all of that. So I work a lot with the government and um, private companies and other nonprofit organizations and international organizations like the IMF or the World Bank and all that. In that process, I felt like, okay, so if I'm making this money in my business, uh, what do I do to invest that money? And because I'm a coach, as I was finding ways to invest uh, my money and, you know, have my money work for me, I was sharing that on my uh, on my social media pages and all that. And uh, a lot of people came back and asked, but I, we see we, you're investing in real estate. Can you help us get into real estate as well? So I started, you know, very small. And as I was building my way up, I was learning and I was also sharing that. So that's what brought me really deep into real estate. And uh, today I'm not only an investor, but I'm also a realtor, mentor, coach, helping other people do the same. But Tiffany, I just want to tell you one thing. This is a lady that grew up without a house. Like what we had was a mud house in Africa. And so I had to, you know, step on the 
uh, on the mud myself with my brothers and all that to build that little mud house that we lived in with my father and my mom. So I grew up in an environment where we never really had a, a good house to call our own. So I liked that. And I was really willing to work hard enough and get something like that for myself, for my family, and even for the rest of the people out there that might need something similar. Wow, that is amazing. Thank you so much for just giving us that brief intro. We're going to dig more into that. But one, let me just say, to start from living in a mud house to now you are helping people find their dream homes and also investing so they can provide housing for other people. That is an amazing accomplishment. Shout out to you for just being super dope. Thank you. Thank you, Sid. <laughs> okay, so talk to me now because you were working when you first started investing in real estate. Yes. What made yes. you decide that of all the ways you can invest your money, why specifically real estate? That's a very good question. My first house, Tiffany, was $200,000 in, a, you know, a neighborhood in Prince George's County in Maryland. And I just got upset. One morning when uh, we lived in an apartment and the landlord sent us a letter to increase uh, the rent for that year for the second time. And I was like, and this is a huge increase, you know, and I, I was working at Capital One Bank at the time and my salary wasn't that big. So I was like, if we keep paying all this money for rent, we don't have anything left. So we have to find other ways to have housing without having to pay so much. So I started doing research to see what my options are. And at the time, mind you, I was new in the U.S. I was the, it was my third year in the U.S. And it was my second year on that job, right? So, and it was a small salary, maybe like, I think it was like 35,000 or less than 40,000. And I asked myself, what if I do some research to see what I can afford with that uh, income that I have? So I started doing that research and I found out that my mortgage was going to be lower than what I was going to pay for rent and it was going to be my house and I was going to build equity. And so that's how, even though I was an employee, I was looking at all the ways that I could invest. Like, for example, they had the option where we could buy some some stocks for the company, like uh, Capital One Bank stocks at a time. So if mm -hmm. you're watching us tonight, Tiffany and I, and and you work for a company that offers stock options, jump on that. If they're giving you a discount to buy their stocks and you do the research and it's a great company with great potential, jump on that opportunity, get the stocks at a discounted rate, and then down the road, you can make a lot of money. So at one point, I saw that, okay, if I keep my money in the stocks alone and I keep paying rent, then I'm not really making the best out of it. So that's what made me decide to take my money, some of my money, out of my 401k uh, without penalty at the time, I think, just because it was going to be used towards more, uh, towards the purchase of a house. I wasn't really in a position where they were going to charge me a little penalty. So I took advantage of everything that I could, took some of the money of that stocks from my employer's uh, stocks, and then I put all that together to be able to uh, put the down payment on my first house. Wow, that's amazing. And that's something that a lot of people don't realize, especially when they think about, well, where am I going to get this money for a down payment that we have been contributing to these 401ks at our jobs? We are able to leverage that in order to help us to get a house if we so choose. So that's super incredible tip to share. Yes, absolutely. Okay. 
Okay, so then you got the house, and then it sounds like you got a bug, and it was once you got in, you were ready to get another one. Tell me about what that process was like when you actually went from a homeowner to an investor. Let me tell you about this. Tiffany, when you start in real estate, it's like a drug, but it's a good drug. It's a very, very good drug. Like when you start, you don't want to stop. It's addictive. Because when I first, when I bought that first property, I started doing what we call in real estate house hacking. So I was like, okay, I have all of these bedrooms. What am I, what am I doing with them, right? There are some people out there that need, that need rooms for rent and things like that. When I first got in the U.S., I was just renting a room. So I felt like, okay, so if I was renting a room, there should be somebody out there who needs a room. So I did put the rooms in the basement for rent, you know, some of the rooms for rent that I wasn't using. And I was able to use that money to pay the mortgage without having to touch my own salary, right? My own income. And so I, I said to myself, if I can do this with my primary residence, make some cash flow out of my primary residence, that means I can, I can duplicate this, right? I can do more, more uh, with this. And so after the first year, I spoke with the lender and my realtor at the time, and I, they were they advised me that I could still buy another house with a low down payment, right? Because I had excellent credit. So after one year of being in that house with 3% down payment, they advised me that I could get a second home after a year for 3.5%. And then I decided to get that, move to that house, and then turn my entire first residence into a full rental property. So, right. So that's how I started the process. And every time that I was working, even though I left, you know, employment at one point and became self-employed, all the money I was making now, I was every time that it could meet a down payment, I would jump on the next property. So now I've, I've, I've built a big portfolio now of multiple investment properties, but I started out small with that first house that was my primary residence at 200,000, which then to 400,000 eight years later, I sold it, but I shouldn't have because it's it's worth 500,000 now, <laughs> right? That's the one mistake. If you were going to ask me that question, I already answered. But that's the one mistake, big mistake in real estate I've ever made is sell that house. Just to tell you, you know, how the process started. But as soon as you get one thief and you get the second one, you don't want to stop. That's That's the whole story. I love it. So wait, because we've heard the term house hacking. And so y'all make sure you hit that like button because Coach Lisa is already dropping some jewels. So we've heard house hacking, but just in case if someone is new to this and they aren't familiar, can you explain a little bit more in depth? What exactly is house hacking? Right. So house hacking is how you can leverage your primary residence to make some cash flow. Because if you watch all these people online, uh, Robert Kiyosaki and all these people, they will tell you that your primary residence is not an asset. But we're on Aid to Assets podcast. So we have to find a way to tell you how to turn that around, you know, reverse engineer that, that thing and, and make your house generate some income. And, and, and that, at that point, it's no longer a liability. You have turned your house into an asset because it's no longer you taking money out of your pocket to pay the mortgage, right? It's other people helping you pay that mortgage and give you even extra that becomes your cash flow. That's house hacking. Live in a house, rent out the basement if it's a house. But if it's a duplex, a multifamily, if you're in an area where you can find that, you can live in one unit 
and then turn the other units into investment, you know, rentals, right? And the, the government allows us to go up to four units and still consider that as a, a primary, as a residential property, not a commercial property. So that means you can still qualify, you know, to buy a two, three, four units, the same way you will qualify for a single house. How sweet is that? <laughs> oh, Coach Lisa, you're talking good now. Yes, you are talking good. And that's so that's so critical because I don't think a lot of people know the same process that you go to qualify for one single family home, you can qualify for up to four. Why buy one house when you can buy four? And you can have your tenants paying your mortgage for you. And that way, either you're, you are living essentially rent-free, mortgage-free, or your your mortgage payment is significantly reduced than what you would be paying if you were renting an apartment. So then you can be supplementing the money that you would be giving to someone else to buy your next investment property. For so many of us roommates, it's common. Why not actually make sure that we are using that money in a purposeful way to help us get our next investment property. And like you said, because you're right, you hear often our house is not an asset. And that's true right here at Aid to Assets, we're going to help you acquire assets. And this is such a great way to be able to do that. Making your primary residence an income cash producing asset is one way that you can get in a lot cheaper. You heard Coach Lisa, 3% down. That's not so now. We're not, people think when they want to invest, they need 20, 25%. You can get into a home for 3% down. And y'all, she only lived there for a year. This is not forever. This is something that short-term right. sacrifice for a long-term gain. Exactly. That's so powerful what you just said. You don't have to, you're not living there forever. And why I think it's powerful, Tiffany, is because a lot of people think of the their first house as their dream house. You have mm -hmm. to change that mindset. And today, Tiffany and I want to talk mindset as well. Think of that first property as your entry point into real estate, into building generational wealth. So that's not where your dream house is. Whatever you can afford, start there, right? So if you call a lender after watching us today and the lender tells you, you can qualify for 200,000, for 250, for 300,000, 400,000. If that's what you can afford, start there. Even if your dream house is $1 million, because as soon as you get that and you find a way to make it generate income for you, today with short-term rental, you make that money. Today with roaming, you make that money. Today with travel nurses or uh, furnished fines or whatever you, you, you name it, right? You can make some extra cash in that house. And after a year, you can move on, right? And, 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 and the best part, is that Tiffany, is, you don't even have to do the 3% anymore. So just recently, one of my lenders called me and said, guess what, I have great news. There's this new program whereby the lender would pay 2% for you and you only have to bring 1%. Think about that. So if you're buying a $300,000 house, you would normally bring $9,000. And my math is terrible. So, so don't trust me on these numbers. <laughs> but... If you're supposed to buy a $300,000 house and you need 9000 the lender in that program would pay $6,000 on your behalf and you only need to bring $3,000. And if you have an excellent realtor like Tiffany and myself, we can negotiate 
closing cost assistance. And you can find yourself in a position where maybe you're only going to pay two to $3,000 in closing costs, right? Even if it's 5000 you would have spent $8,000, even ten, and you will step into your first property. That's what we want you to remember. It doesn't need to be your dream house. Just get your foot in the door and even look further. Talk to lenders. They're out there. Navy Federal Credit Union is giving a 0% down payment. Now, probably your interest will be high or anything. So somebody is telling you, come get a house. Don't put any money down. Just pay for your closing costs. And your renter can even negotiate the closing costs. Why are you still renting? Tell me. Tell us. Okay. So you just brought up a great point because I want to talk about, you are also a realtor. So you're an investor in your realtor. What is the significance of having a realtor that has that investor mindset for someone that's just getting started in this business? Tiffany, that's an amazing question. And there, there are a lot of things that a, an investor realtor will bring that a regular realtor would not bring to you. It's their experience and their knowledge. So because I'm an investor, every time that I'm helping a buyer investor, I'm running numbers in my mind as we are, you know, as we're searching for homes, right? So I'm trying to think, so if with the same budget, we can get a four bedrooms, where are we going to get a three bedroom for the same amount? You know, so it's, now, I'm not thinking about your comfort at that point because you and I know you're not going to live in that house. Even if you were going to live in it, it will be for a year. So we don't need it to be very comfortable to you. We just need it to make sense in terms of your numbers and your bottom line down the road. So at this point, I will share my knowledge with you in terms of how would you make money if you were to rent per room? How would you make money if you were to rent the entire house? Uh, would this be in a location where people are looking to rent? Like where I live right now at the border of Maryland and Pennsylvania and West Virginia, it's a booming area. Biden was just here a few months ago and they're creating 800, um, I think, it, I don't know if it's 8,000 jobs that they said in this area within the next one to two years. So if they're doing that, you know that people are going to need housing. And guess what? I am speaking on experience because I've had investment properties in this area and they're always, always full. So there's no vacancy because the demand is higher than the offer. So that's what the realtor who has investment experience will share with you is their knowledge, their experience. They will guide you, coach you to make sure you're making the right decisions, right? So you're not just jumping on the house because it's beautiful. If it's beautiful, and it's not gonna, it's not gonna cash flow. What's the point? And that's what I tell my clients, right? So I'll, I'll make sure that if you have 500,000 in terms of your budget, can we get you a multifamily with that? Or can we break that into two and get you two townhouses at $250,000 each, completely brand new with a, a builder that is creating a new, you know, a, a, a new subdivision somewhere? Right, but that is up and coming. It's gonna grow in equity, and it's also gonna be easy to rent a three-bedroom, two and a half bath to one family. It's gonna be easy to get the government to give you uh, Section Eight because it's a small house. It can fit the needs of many families out there. It's gonna be affordable rather than taking you to a five hundred thousand dollars five-bedroom, three baths that. We don't know how we're going to put people in there unless we find a multifamily, right? So that's the mindset 
of the investor in your realtor that is speaking. And that's going to really help. It's going to help a lot when it comes to you running your numbers and making decisions. That is so good, Coach Lisa. That is so good because it's so important for people to realize, study show, the average person lives in their home for five to seven years before they're ready to move again anyway. And so HGTV, I'm an HGTV girl. I love it. However, I am not buying my forever home when I'm trying to build wealth. And so really thinking about the season of life that I'm in and what is my goal. And when I'm just getting into real estate, especially if you know you either can live with roommates. And so you're open to that. For so many of us, inflation is real. Why not make some smart decisions about money? And essentially you're buying a business when you buy a home that you are then going to allow people to come and live in and room with you. Even like you mentioned short term or you mentioned furnished finder for traveling nurses. There's so many opportunities for people to take advantage of to bring in some additional income. And then eventually they can get to that house that they have just for themselves and their family. But right now, this is just similar that we we do in our careers. We're talking to nine to fivers. And so we know the career progression. We see our sights on where we're trying to go. We can do that the same way with buying these assets. Absolutely. That is so powerful. And I'm really hoping somebody's listening to you tonight and that person is going to make the right decision. Like we want you to take action. Uh, We don't just want to, you know, fill your ears with a lot of words and a lot of talking. We want you to take action. We want you to talk to, you know, listen to us and go talk to a realtor in your neighborhood or talk to a lender, talk to someone so, you know, you can get started in this, right? And we are open. You have access to us on social media. Ask us questions, right? We want to do this together. We want all of us to build generational wealth together. Absolutely. And so one thing you mentioned, you mentioned your lender actually called you and let you know about a new program that they had where they were offering down payment assistance. Can you talk about the importance of having connections either to you so that you know people and you can help your clients that are looking to invest? How how important is that and how do people leverage that? Yes, that's very important. Like a, a, a realtor is only as good as the network that the realtor has because you have to be able to be a phone call away from getting the information that can help your clients. And so it's important to build that rapport. So when my, when the buyers come to me, I usually have multiple options available for them, depending on what they're looking for. Right? So when recently I spoke with an investor, he is in IT making half a million dollars a year. He is an engineer making good money. So he came to me after watching some of my videos and all that. And he was like, I want to invest in real estate, but I want to do it under an LLC. So can you help me, um, get some property. So we were able to narrow down four properties that are using to get for rentals. Um, but we also now have to talk to a lender who can uh, make sure that he applies and be approved and purchase those properties under his LLC and not under his name directly. Right. And most lenders don't do that. <laughs> there are specific lenders that are that, that have creative um, options out there, you know, they have they have investor loan, what they call DSCR, you know, based on the ratio, if it's going to be a rental, if it's going to generate uh, some cash flow, they're looking at all those numbers. You have uh, ba- uh, banks or lenders that are going to offer, that are going to cater to self-employed people and, and have like bank statement loans and all kinds of creative ways 
for them to get their loans, right? So it's important as a realtor to get connected to all those people so that you know exactly when your buyer or your seller needs help with something, you know who to reach out to. So in this case, for this person, I was able to link him with a, a lender that could do his loan under his LLC and that worked out perfectly. But the other lenders that are doing conventional loans, FHA, all of that, they wouldn't, they wouldn't work with that, right? They would require that if he close the loan in his name and then later he can transfer that into the LLC, which is what he didn't want to do. So to answer your question, Anton Realtors, if you're also watching us tonight, you have to fill your network, right? Your network has to be big enough to, to help all your buyers and your clients in everything that they may need. And they will have different needs at different times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now let's shift gears a little bit because you talked earlier about you're also a life coach. And so it was from your life coaching that you realized as you were also telling people more about your investing, that people were really interested. How has life coaching helped you to help people that want to get into real estate investing? Yes, that, that played a huge role because as a life coach, you are, your mission is to help people you know, reach their full potential, right? And and when you're in that process, you have to give them tools and knowledge and opportunities that can help them reach that level. And so when I started um, looking into different options where they can, you know, spread and, and not focus on only their salaries and, you know, um, because wages, you have them today. You don't even know if you're going to keep that job for a long time. They can fire you anytime because you're trading your time for money. So I had to find ways to help them diversify, right? And I I, I use the Capital Quadrant from Kiyosaki, which shows you how you can make money as an employee, make money when you start a business, also uh, make money as a self-employed. Like, for example, if you can be a consultant, you do makeup very well and you can start doing makeup, you're self-employed at that point because you're not hiring anybody else to do that. You can also have the option for business and then the option for investing. And when you're investing, your money at work for you. So I had to help them find different investment instruments. And one of them was the stock market, and I started learning how to invest in the stock market and showing them, teaching them how to invest in the stock market. But I also noticed that the stock market was very, very risky, and a lot of them were scared. And so I thought, okay, how can I find something that would give them a little bit more comfort because the level of risk will be a little bit less than investing in the stock market and all the other very, very risky instruments out there. And I thought about real estate. So when I started showing them how they can make money in real estate, as I'm making myself and I showed them example of buying a house, renting it and paying the mortgage, maybe $1,200, but I also have a tenant in it paying $2,000. So at the end of the day, I have about, after all expenses, I have about $700. When you have 10 properties like that, that is 7,000 that you're making every month. And that's how you build. So as I was talking to them and showing them all these, that's how, you know, I, they started asking me, how come you, you're not a realtor? You should be a realtor <laughs> as well, right? So it, it was that process of helping others improve their lives, open their eyes to different opportunities that are out there. 
and also showing them that is from my own experience. So they could see that I was, you know, teaching by showing them the example that I had in my own, you know, in my own life. So nice coaching was really an amazing opportunity for me to bring a lot of people into real estate as I was getting into real estate myself. And, and you wouldn't believe this, or maybe you would, is as a realtor, I've, I've never bought leads, right, to have a client. For all this time, in my first year in real estate, I made $10 million in volume. And the $10 million in volume came from all the people that, that I was coaching already that needed a home, but just needed somebody to guide them into purchasing those properties. So um, life coaching really was a great leverage for me to bring a lot of people into VC. That is amazing. And I think it's so incredible because, so I, I'm a life coach as well. I have my certification, been coaching for several years. And I have found that many of the strategies and processes that we go through in coaching is very similar when I'm working with a client and helping them to understand what their true motivations are, what the goal is that they're trying to accomplish and helping them create a strategy in order to get there. And so for so many people, they're searching for something more, but many feel bogged down because they're at work all the time. They're stressed out. They're trying to figure out how to cover all their expenses. And so creating this opportunity for them to invest in real estate and release some of that burden helps them to then see more possibilities in their life. And so I love that you were able to incorporate the two of those together to help provide more opportunities for people. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Now let's shift gears a little bit because you didn't just stop at, now you, you got your house and then you got your own investment properties and then you were helping other people get your investment property, their investment properties, but you didn't stop at just single family homes. You said, now I want to get into the big boys with apartment syndications. Can you tell us a little bit about what an apartment syndication is and how you first got involved? Yes, definitely. That's really, that's, that's next level. You know, there, there is a lot of power in coming together to do things, right? Uh, there's mm. a saying that alone, you can go fast, but together you can go far. So, right. you know, if you're, if you're really, if you're ambitious and you want to invest in, you know, properties that are at a certain price point, you might not afford to, to go into that investment alone, but you probably have a network of people that maybe have the same level of wealth that you have, or maybe more. And some of them can be very um, they want to just be, they just want to be silent investors or passive investors. They want to see that you have the motivation, the drive, the knowledge, and you know how to find the opportunities, but they're willing to put the money. So you have to bring together all uh, th those assets, all the people that could put enough money down for you to be able to get into, you know, the big leagues and, and purchase uh, bigger properties and things like that. So it's all about you being able to show that you have, you know, the ability to either lead that project or at least be part of it. And in my case, uh, it, it actually stemmed from when we talked about life coaching earlier, it stemmed from my willingness to bring the community in, to real estate, regardless of their level of income. And um, actually started very small. And all I was asking people was to, are they able to come up with um, $6,000 in three months? 
but you wouldn't believe this, but if you have 100 people that can, that can bring together $6,000 in three months, meaning they were doing a, 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 what we call a susu. So they were bringing $2,000 if saving $2,000 every month for three months. That's one quarter. Just doing that, when you have, we had 50, but I'm just going to give you simple math. If you have 100 and you have $6,000 times 100, that is $600,000. And literally with $600,000, you can buy a $2.4 million apartment complex, right? Because you can bring 20% uh, for the down payment. Some, some lenders will even allow you to do 15%. But now just having people that are able to come together, put their money together to go purchase a property, that is a great way of starting to invest in real estate. So this allowed people with just a small amount of money to be, to have a stake, to have an ownership stake in, in, in real estate, right? So that's, that's how I, I really started. But um, from there, there was a group of people now with, you know, that makes more money per year, that have a higher income, that are not, they're not willing to put more money down. Most of them are ready to bring fifty to $100,000. So if you only have four to five people that have that ability, that gives you a huge, you know, opportunity to go out there and search for um, properties, apartment complex, or a series of townhouses. In our case, we went to a uh, subdivision where a builder was building um, town townhomes, and we we bought we bought like blocks of multiple townhomes, right? So it, it doesn't have to always be an apartment complex. You can go and get a whole row of townhomes, right? And and so it's all about you guys being able to have enough to put together and, and talk to a lender at that point. So, and some people also decide to just go cash. That's that it depends on what you want to do. Whatever you bring together, you can decide to purchase cash and not get a lender involved. But there are so many, many options out there. And there are even options of, of, of uh, sellers that are doing seller financing. So if you have enough money to put down and even a bank can't qualify you, maybe because people don't have the credit, don't have this, that, you can file a seller finance opportunity out there and the seller will be happy to see that you guys came together and brought a sum of money that he, he can accept as a down payment and he'll transfer that property to you. So there are so many opportunities out there, but it was really stemmed from my willingness and my mission to bring somebody even at the lowest possible income to get that person into real estate. Because now to, to finish here on this topic, Tiffany, the, the one of the barriers of entry in real estate is really, it's, it's, it's the capital, right? It's the down payment. The, the, the first thing that people tell me when I ask them, what's the reason why you haven't bought a house yet? Most of them, 80% of the time, they will tell me, I do not have the down payment yet. Right. So, right. but if you are able to get an entry point where you don't need a big sum of money, a lot of people think they need 50,000 to buy a house. And every time when I break it down to them and I tell them from zero to 3%, this is what you need, including closing costs. They're like, what is this all, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's how it started. <laughs> wow. So first of all, come on by the block. I absolutely love <laughs> that. So that we got to, so we got to break that down some more because one, 
a lot of times when we talk about apartment syndications, we get listeners who think that it's only companies or corporations or these big developers that own all of these apartment complexes not realizing oftentimes it's just a group of investors and there is someone else who may manage like the day-to-day of the apartment building, but there was just a group of investors that came together to actually buy it. So let's unpack that. Let's say I was a part of that group and I invested the $6,000. What does that look like? When do I get my money back? How much money am I looking at? Talk to us about what that means. Yes, that, absolutely. So there are there, there there are a few ways to go about this, right? So if you decide to do this under an LLC, you can decide to have a manager managed LLC or a member managed LLC, and it's self-explanatory. But in that case, there are some people that at the top are trying to uh, make sure that everything is done uh, r- running smoothly. But there's an option to get a property management company that would help with running the day-to-day management of the properties. And they take a fee of about 10%. So if you guys are going to make $10,000 out of, you know, the uh, the, the whole uh, portfolio that you have, what that means is you're going to have to pay $1,000 to, you know, to the, the, the apartment, uh, to, to the property manager. But that also makes it to become a, a passive income. It turns it into you making money without having to be the one running things here and there. It definitely lowers the amount that you can get in terms of cash flow. But at least it helps you focus on other things, which is doing well what you're already doing, which is either your business or your job. And then just getting that 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 cash flow that cash flow coming when it's divided. And and you know, I'll take one of the examples that we had. Uh, what happens is once the properties acquired and um, the tenants are in there and the, the advantage that we have here is they have people like myself that are realtors that are also um, that also own investment properties. So we have a, a huge knowledge about property management and all that. So it really helps to have um, subject matter experts, right? If you're going to create something like this, you want to make sure that you have different expertise that can help boost uh, the project that you have. But in our case, once we had the properties and we had the tenants in, uh, what happens is after all expenses, including any kind of reserves or anything that we might need to put aside for any you know, big purchases or big expenses. And the reason why we don't even worry too much about big expenses is because we focus in, in that specific instance, we focus on newly built properties. So it comes with warranty. Mm, it comes mm-hmm. with, you know, peace of mind. A lot of things that we don't have to worry about, right? right. We might not make, make a big money on cash flow, um, but at least we don't have to worry about repairs uh, for the first few years of owning that. So once we have the money coming in every month, every quarter, there is a, there, there is a statement that goes out showing everyone what, the, you know, what we've received and what each person made based on their contribution. Because there are $6,000, there are people that decide to invest $12,000, there are people that invested more. But whatever, according to the percentage of your investment, you're going to get your, your, you're going to get your cash flow um, sent to you every quarter. That's a way to make money without being too involved in the whole process. But of course, there's transparency. 
and there's a lot of information going out for everyone to know what's going on. So it it was it's a really an amazing experience, and there are lots of creative ways of doing this. Right, you can even hire your company to handle the whole thing, and then just make sure that everybody's getting you know their their money every quarter or every month, whatever configuration works for you guys. And that's the beautiful thing about this, because you mentioned that this is a way to passively invest into real estate. So that way, especially for our audience, we're still working. And so we have full time jobs. And so we're able to focus on this is our bread and butter. I tell people, you let your nine to five fund your five to nine. But in this case, there is no fund to nine. You just let your full time job fund your investments, especially while they're still early in the game. And so and then right. continue to reinvest that money until you are able to walk away if that is what you so do, so choose from your full time job, or to go into bigger investments. And then you have that capital that you have been continuing to just reinvest year after year. That's right. And and one thing that's powerful about what you just said, Tiffany, is when you have your job or your business, you're located somewhere. But real estate is no longer where you live. Real estate yes. is now. <laughs> everywhere and it's going across different states and it's mm-hmm. now going even you know internationally you know i have some investors that are now buying properties in dominican republic and all of that right and so uh, you want to be open-minded when you get into this game but you also want to stay focused and start somewhere and know your style know what's good for you and stick mm-hmm. to it and build you know and grow but if you have in our case we have investors on across the United States, uh, but we we purchased properties recently in West Virginia, right? And okay. in an amazing area in West Virginia, where it's an up and coming area, it's one point, it's one hour fifteen minutes to DC, and properties are two hundred fifty thousand. So if you live in Texas, there's no way you're gonna be managing that property in right. West Virginia. But your money is working for you where the opportunities are. Because if you live in Atlanta, the opportunity might not be exactly in the metro Atlanta area. It might be outside. If you Mm -hmm. live in Texas, the opportunity might not be maybe in Dallas, a new scenario, but it might be outside of that area. But you want to still be able to tap in to those opportunities that are being created. And, 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 you know, real estate is no longer exactly what people thought it would be. There are some areas that are completely getting, you know, off the ground, newly uh, created areas and, you know, creating a whole communities there. And, uh, you know, you don't want to miss out just because you want to focus on just where you live. Even though we recommend, I recommend personally, start near you if you could, right? If you're at a beginner stage, start where you can have a little bit of control. But if you have an investor mindset, um, you can be open to joining, you know, or a group, you know, bigger joint ventures or groups out there that are looking at other areas that you may not be familiar with, but that are doing pretty well. If you can do the research about it and be confident, why not? Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about that investor mindset, because it sounds like I've heard you say, one, we have to be people who are wanting to have our money work for us. So that seems like it's rather important. What are some other qualities that you feel a person needs to grow or have in order to shift into this investor mindset? Yes, I I love that question, Tiffany. There's one thing that a lot of people lack. It's an abundance mindset. Mm, As mm-hmm. an investor, you want to have that abundance mindset. 
Because most people, when they're getting into real estate or they're talking to you about real estate, their first concern is, I don't have enough money. I don't yeah. have enough money. If mm -hmm. in your mind, the premise that you don't have enough money, you're not going to do anything because we're never going to have enough money. I'm sitting here. Yeah. My dream house is, uh, is $4.5 million. But if I'm telling myself I don't have enough money, I'm never going to have the house. My question should be, uh, how can I make the money that mm -hmm. I need, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I don't, again, I don't have my calculator with me and don't quote me on this, but when we started the project, for example, with the 6,000, or let's just assume that you're not even in, starting investing with people and you just want to buy that first property of yours, right? And we talked today about getting a $300,000 if you have good credit, you can get it with $9,000. And uh, I think the program that I talked about earlier, if you talk to any lender and you ask them about it, I think it, 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 the limit is probably $350,000. So it's really helping low-income people get into housing uh, without having to bring a lot of money in terms of that payment. So let's assume uh, the, the blender is going to bring $6,000 of that money. All you need to bring is $3,000 and you need some extra maybe for some closing costs and things like that. Assuming that you need $6,000, $6,000, if you were to break $6,000 into 60 days, you would need to make $1,000 a, no, you would need to make, is it, is it $100 every day? You would need to put aside $100 every day to make $6,000 in 60 days, correct? And so if we think about it, what is it that you can do? to mm -hmm. make $100 a day. So your mm -hmm. question would be, how do I make that $100 a day? And if I don't want to do it for, for 60 days, I want to turn it into 120 days, that's four months. How can I make an extra $50 every day that I'm going to put aside for my mm -hmm. project to buy my first house? Mm -hmm. There are so many things, Tiffany. If we ask our audience today, what is it that you can do to make 50 bucks? There's a lot of answers that are going to come. But if mm -hmm. I ask you how, how can you make you know how can you make six thousand dollars? A lot of people will start scratching their hand and they wouldn't be sure how they can make that. Right. But when you break it into small pieces, it makes it more achievable. So your question should not be, oh my God, I don't have six thousand dollars to buy my first house. Your question should be, how can I make the six thousand dollars? And as soon as you start asking yourself the right questions with an abundance mindset and tell yourself. If I can get that money, I can, I can get even more. It's not that, oh, if I go give them all this money. Because I hear some people tell me, but Coach Lisa, if I use this money that I have and I put that on the down payment, what if I lose my job? What if this? What if mm. that? So they're blocking themselves with the thought of the scarcity mindset where they think, I might lose my job. But think about it. Even if you were to lose your job, but you still have a license, you can still, a driver's license, you can still go out there and, and, and door dash for a couple of days. You can Uber for a couple of days. If you know how to do braids, you can braid somebody's hair. And I know how I used to sit down for two hours and, and pay $150 just for somebody doing something on my hand. There are things that I don't like to do. Like, I don't like to do the whole cleaning the house. I don't like to do that myself. I always pay somebody to come do that. Because I feel like I can do something better. I don't enjoy it. I like to do the things that I enjoy, right? Mm -hmm. So if you were to offer, just create a quick flyer on Canva for free, saying that I'm offering to clean the houses for, for anybody. Just pay me $50. I'm going to come and clean your house. You're just going to see how many people 
will be calling you to come and clean the house if you like to do that. And you can do that on your part-time when mm-hmm. you're not at work. So my point here is, if you're looking for what she can do to make $50, you're going to find it. Even if it's baking a cake, baking a pie, doing whatever, you will find it. Even if it's tutoring a kid. So I'm going to come back to your question and say that one thing, and this one thing, have an abundance mindset. If you want to do something, ask yourself, not what you can't do, but how can I do what I want to do? That is so good. That is so good. I'm because even as you were talking, I was in my head like, what if I just took $50 out of my checking account every day? How long would it go before I miss it? I can spend $50 at dinner on accident. And so if I just how long can I just keep doing that and figure out how much money can I save? Because that is so true. A lot of people hear these down payment prices and it seems overwhelming and daunting, but no one's asking you to have it today. This is part of that game plan where we sit and create, okay, I know if in the next year I want to do this, what are the things that I can be doing now to best put myself in the position to be able to do so? And also not asking, or not saying I don't have enough or I don't have the money, but how can I get the money? That is so huge. I love that. I love that. Now, let's say, though, I either already have a house or I don't want to be a property manager. I don't want to manage that on my own. So we talked about the apartment syndications. How do people hear about opportunities? What do they need to do to be in those type of circles to hear about possibilities like that? That is that, that's a, an amazing question. When I started in real estate, I started looking for groups of real estate investors. So I'm on social media a lot. And on Facebook, there's a group of real estate investors in every neighborhood, basically in America. If you just type the name of your neighborhood on this social media nowadays, you can find a group of people that are investors in your area. You can even be as specific as I'm looking for real estate for, for a short-term rental investors, or you, know, you can be as specific as you want. You can even say, I'm looking for syndication groups or whatever. Just make sure you avoid any kind of scams. Just do your due diligence. But there are so many groups that are available out there. Even just joining a group of landlords recently, like Maryland landlords. I learned so much just by being in that group. And sometimes you're there and people, there are opportunities that people are going to list. So just look, look that up. And also... If you, if you talk to people, like, even if you just have a realtor friend or somebody that you know who is a realtor, ask them if they know of any gatherings. Like, just recently, I went to Washington, D.C. for a gathering of a lot of people, you know, people in, in real estate, including lenders, including realtors, investors, all those people. When you meet with them, you talk, you discuss, and you see what they're doing, you learn from what they're doing, you share the, the, the information, and sometimes opportunities are also shared, right? So I think that's one way of doing it. It's really networking a lot. But when you have a dedicated realtor who's really excellent, the realtor will also find opportunities for you. Right. So my, my investors, most of them that I have as clients that are buyers, most of them don't go look for opportunities. I look for them. I sleep on, on the MLS. And sometimes you don't have to be too creative. Even just on Zillow, Redfin, Realtor.com, sometimes you will find amazing deals 
on there of people that just listed the properties quickly. They just want to get a quick buyer and you will find those opportunities there for all kinds of budgets, right? So there are lots of opportunities. Just make sure you have around you good, like other investors that are, that are with you, a good realtor or multiple uh, realtors that you may know in different locations or whatever. Also just get to know other people in your or, you know, in your area or online, in the groups that you're in that are investing in real estate. Talk to people about your interest in real estate, right? And just be open. You might, you know, just have someone see that you're interested in real estate and call you and discuss some opportunities. So, yeah, that's, I think that's, the, the, those are ways that people can um, definitely hear, hear of opportunities here and there. It's really just being involved, right? And just talking to the right people. That is so big because I often get questions from new investors or folks that want to start about, I don't even know how to find this or do this. And go around the people who are doing what you want to do, go where they go, have the conversations with them. Opportunities will present themselves. And so I tell people luck is nothing but where luck is just where opportunity and preparation meet. And so if you come prepared, you have your intentions of this is what I want to do. This is what I want to learn about. And you show up to where the opportunities are more abundant. You're a lot more likely to get lucky with it. And so that is amazing, amazing advice for folks. And then to have a good, a good realtor. Realtors are the start. And so they can introduce you to different people, to lenders, to other networking groups. And so you can also get that opportunity. And so Coach Lisa, tell us where again, because I know you got all the licenses. Where can folks, (laughs) if if they want to work with you personally, where are you licensed to help them? I am licensed in Maryland, where I'm really active. Maryland, Virginia, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. And I'm also licensed in Texas and Georgia. Those are the area, the areas where I'm really um, active uh, personally. But again, if you're not in one of those areas and you need assistance, um, whether it's Tiffany or myself, we do have networks of, of realtors that we work with that we can re- refer you to and that will absolutely do an amazing job. Um, but yeah, I'll be, I'll be excited to help you if you're in one of those states. Absolutely. And so before we close out, one of the things that I love to have a question that I love to ask guests is a year from now, three years from now, when we run this back, what can we anticipate you are going to be doing in that time frame? What's one thing that you have on your radar that you're working on? Yes. One thing that I have on my radar that I'm working on is remember when I, when we first started, I told you that I grew up not having a real house. So it was really, really painful. And I wanted to grow up and build a house for my mother. And that's something that I, I was able to achieve back in, in Africa. But I want to also get into building houses here in the United States. Wow. So this is something that I'm working on. And of course, I, I, I'm getting, I, I have a mentor who's going to help me with this process and somebody who has been doing this for a long time and made a good name for, for themselves. I want to learn from the best. And that's what you should do too. So when we tell you to refer to the experts, whether it's a realtor or an investor, somebody who can hold your hand and show you the way. But this this is my goal right now is to get into becoming a developer, building houses for, for people, affordable housing, and also investment properties. So properties that will be geared towards rentals and things like that. So that's really what I'm looking forward to. 
And hopefully I can get to a point where one day I have my own subdivision that I created and yes! where I'm building houses, and, you know, but yeah, that that's what I would love to do. That is so, so very cool. From mud house to multiple properties. And now you're going to be building your <laughs> own. I am so here for it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Well, Coach Lisa, where can people find you online, on social media? Give them all the things. Sure. So if you just go at Coach Lisa on most platforms, um, uh, my main page is on Facebook. Um, you just type Coach Lisa Pretty and you will find me there. I'm also on Instagram. I, I, I'm on YouTube. Whenever I have time, I can I make some videos that I post there. I'm also on LinkedIn for those who don't have Facebook. You can send me a message anytime. And I also recently uh, became an author. I wrote a book, but it's an autobiographical book. It just tells my story, like I was saying, about how I started up in a very, very, very poor family where we 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 ate chicken once a year. <laughs> As you can just imagine. Once a year. And that's that's not in our house. That's in other people's house when it's Christmas. In Africa, wow. when it's Christmas, people just go around and saying, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. And when you say Merry Christmas to, to people, when you get there, some of them, when they've cooked rice and chicken, they'll give you some of it. You know, I went to school, wasn't able to afford some books. I had to request help here and there for people to help me pay my tuition and things like that. So I, I, I've been a, a child that grew up in a very, very, very um, difficult environment. And so my dream has always been to go from that poverty to prosperity and bring my family mm. into that level of prosperity. So today I'm very happy to, you know, talk about that book that is available on Amazon. It's, it's Taboo Life because on top of all the trauma of living in poverty, I also went through a lot of sexual abuse and a lot of things. So just going through all of that and coming out of it strong and thriving, I want somebody to go and, Grab that book on Amazon, Taboo Life, or just even type Lisa Pudi. It will bring up maybe bring up the book and just go and read it. It's going to give you this mindset of resilience, of strength and hope and just being able to overcome, you know, your difficulties, your trauma and be the best version of yourself, right? So it doesn't have anything to do with real estate, but at least it's going to show you the mindset that can prepare you to become, you know, a great person, whether in real estate or anything else. Wow. I The link to the book will be in the description. Y'all show Coach Lisa some love. I'm definitely going to get that. You are a phenomenal woman. And so I am so grateful for you have you on to share your knowledge and experience. Thank you for all that you have shared with us today. And I can't wait to see this development. This is going to be amazing. Definitely. Thank you, Tiffany, for the opportunity. It's been amazing. I appreciate you bringing me on your platform and I wish you a lot, a lot of success. And anybody watching today, please share, 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 share. Just, just bring a lot of people to come and get all this knowledge from Tiffany and her guests. So thank you so much. God bless you and more and more grease to your elbow. Thank you. Thank you, y'all. So in the comments, we want to hear how can you get $50 a day to save up for your down payment in the comments? So like, share, let us know the ideas. You might inspire someone to help them to save for their down payment. And so that is another episode of Aid to Assets, where we are helping nine to fivers buy their way to wealth. Until next time. 
Thank you for tuning in to another insightful episode of Aid to Assets. Remember, your journey from nine to fiver to successful real estate investor is within reach. Keep learning, keep growing, and keep investing in your future. If you'd like to know more, connect with me on Instagram at Aid to Assets. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Until next time, happy investing.